edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasted to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the biggest Jetman in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, it's the off-season, people. <laughs> I'm hyped, I'm hyped, and we do have our two other colleagues with us today. You know him, you love him, the Majestic Beast, former dominating Division One tight end, Maris Red Fox, the big Wookiee, Nick Kronk. What's up, Wook? What is going on, everybody? And in the building, joining us again, as always, the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. Sammy, what's going on? Yo, what's up, everyone? Oh, in the world right now, um, some crazy stuff going on overseas. We know that's not why you tune into ABG. You tune into podcasts. You put on the sports um, to get away from all that. But the world is a crazy place. The world's changing every single day. Today, what we're going to get into, though, is some Jets football, Jets free agency. Go over some of our positional groups from last year and get into some of these free agents maybe coming to the team this year coming up. Great Super Bowl. Haven't been able to talk to the AEBG nation since then. Your Rams end up pulling it out, guys. We're not going to get too much in the Super Bowl. I know some of us picked the Rams, some of us picked the Bengals. I ended up being the playoff champion. Not a big deal. I wasn't going to bring it up to you three. Wasn't going to say anything about it. But I do happen to be the champion. Not a big deal, guys. Came out with the point lead there. Guys, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we move on to Jet stuff? Jet offseason stuff, which is why everybody's tuning in right now. Any cherries you want to put on top of that Super Bowl game? Any other comments? Mike, we'll start with you. I I uh, will always try to recognize when I see a member or a person elevate themselves to the greatest of all time in a certain category. And that last play um, where it was fourth down and they called Donald's n- number and he went and sacked the borough to end the game. Uh, I think that solidified him, in my opinion, as the best D tackle of all time. Uh, and so good for him. Very happy that the Rams won that Super Bowl. Uh, happy for Stafford. Happy just uh, across. Even Odell Beckham. I know probably Nick is not happy about it, but good for him. He went through all that stuff. He went to the Browns and all that. You know what? I'm really yeah. happy for that franchise. Good for them. Yeah, and he was he was cruising in that Super Bowl before he got banged up, hurt his knee there. Um, I know he's already had one ACL, so hopefully he can bounce back from this one. I think Odell Beckham definitely changed some people's opinions on him. Probably not the Wookiee, though. Wookiee, the Super Bowl smoke is cleared. What do you have to say about that 2021 season and the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams? I mean, it, it was just a culmination. Best team got hot at the right time because they did struggle midseason. Uh, you know, uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? The quarterback right now. Matthew Stafford. Uh, Stafford, sorry, uh, Stafford, you know, he, he showed it in the Super Bowl, too, for a little bit there. Um, it looked like it might have been, you know, coming back to bite them again. But, you know, they were the more talented team that day. 
Um, Odell, as much as I can't stand him, um, I think he finally found a place where it's going to work out for him. I think he proved to a lot of people that he's still got a couple years left of being um, a you know one B type of receiver, maybe a one uh, you know a number one receiver in some places. Uh, so that was you know good for him. Uh, but uh, Cooper Cup is something else. That defense is something else. And uh, it was just their, you know, it was their year this year. I mean, kudos to the Bengals and uh, the young talent that they got, you know, they got coming up. It's going to be exciting. But uh, obviously the better team won. And uh, congratulations to the Rams and all their fans. And Sammy, finally with you here, we'll let you close it out for us. You rode with the Bengals. You were on the Joe Burrow train. It was a tight game. It seemed like to me the Bengals had the game under control for a good portion of the game there. Didn't end up coming with the W. Aaron Donald at the end with the big play, like Mike said, put himself up in the upper echelon in NFL history. What do you got to say, Sammy, Bengals, Rams? You know, in this era where you're putting up 40-some points a game, the old adage is still true, right? Defense wins championships. So those last two drives, that that front seven of the Rams just caused so many problems. And I'll just say one thing. Mike brought him up earlier. I'm still pissed that my man Donald didn't get the MVP of the Super Bowl, man. How do you not give it to that guy? Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? And Stafford as well, when you look at it, I know he had two picks, but one of those picks was a ball that he threw that got tipped. You can't – well, it's still a pick, I understand, but three touchdowns for him and a game-winning drive at the end to win the Super Bowl, and Stafford doesn't get it. Donald doesn't get it, who right. we know second half just dominated. I mean, he pretty much made the two biggest plays of the game. But I mean, in the same in the same vein, giving it to Cooper Cup, the guys carried them all year. So I mean, they had some good options there. I understand either of them could have won. It was a great game. Nobody tuned in to hear us talk about the Super Bowl. That's old news, guys. People are here right now to hear about these offensive free agents that might be coming to Gang Green in 2022. One of the most exciting times of the year. And I just want to thank everybody who's been riding with the squad, with riding with AEBG since day one. Appreciate you all. But in the past 12 months, Mike can vouch. We've had a lot of growth, a lot more listeners. And that started last year in the offseason. When the when the, the seeds were getting laid down, are we going to get Zach Wilson? Who are we going to get in free agency? Who else are we going to draft with all these picks? A lot of excitement in the offseason for Jet fans. We're trying to ride that wave again this year, guys, because if we have another good offseason, you know, and it's arguable. I know the record wasn't great. I do think last year's offense, last, excuse me, last year's free agency group was decent. Last year's draft was good. That's kind of not, you can't really argue that with the way Wilson played at the end of the year, how AVT played, how Carter played, how Elijah Moore played, how Eccles played. Um, a really good draft last year. We're leading into another draft yesterday. That's not what we're talking about right now, guys. We're going to go through these position groups. We're going to give you some free agents that might end up on the team next year. The top guys out there we're targeting. Maybe some guys we're going to target in a trade. So let's get into the 2022 breakdown. New York Jets positional groups. Possible free agents. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Welcome back. What we want to start off with here is a the, the group on the offense that I think draws the most concern from people, even though they might have performed the best of any group last year on the offense, which is the offensive line. Mike has done a lot of research when it comes to this line. The Last year, we know we lost Becton and we slid Font in. We know towards the end of the year, Duver, uh, Duvernay Tardif came in there at right guard. Even though he didn't grade out that great necessarily on PFF, the line overall played much better with him in there. Now, I want to go to Mike first. When you're looking at this line here, we know Tardif is a free agent. We can bring him back, not bring him back. And we know Morgan Moses, also a free agent, Mike. 
And when you look at the performance of those guys last year, Moses played pretty good, was your average right tackle, and Tardif played pretty good also. Now, before we get into these free agents and, and, and discuss who we might be looking at to add to the squad, let's just go take a look at last year again real quick, Mike. I think it's not arguable George Font was the best offensive line, even though ABT may be the sexiest guy, the highest draft pick, Mike. Um, but when you look at what we're looking to fill and the holes we have, what are the first spots you look at, Mike, when um, you're trying to build this offensive line for Zach Wilson for 2022? So uh, looking at the line coming up, I'm, I'm not really too focused in at tackle. If I was to put a number on it, five being I'm most pleased and most confident and one being I'm really concerned, I put the left tackle at about a four. And I say that because like, uh, I think Fant played a phenom did a phenomenal job at left tackle. I think he has a lot of trust from the coaches, from the players, and he has the respect of his other teammates and offensive linemen. And so I think that he is going to be the left tackle or our number one pick in the 2020 draft, Mr. Makai Becton, will end up being that uh, position there. If he's not, then he would play right, right tackle. I would love to bring Morgan Moses back. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that. But from left tackle perspective for 2022, I think that we're in a good position. Right tackle, it's either going to be Becton or they can go out and potentially look at some free agents like Trenton Brown, Mike Remmers, um, Alex Kappa. There's a couple of uh, options out there at right tackle. But I do believe we're going to be good at the tackle position. But to your point, you asked me what position do I really want to look at from a free agent perspective at the offensive line it's going to be the left the right guard excuse me um and so Dardif like you said I hope he says that he wants to come back to the New York Jets I love uh his character I like who he is and and what he's done he won a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs he went and fought COVID you know really great stand-up dude and he said he wants to be a Jet and the offensive line did much better so I would like to go ahead and bring him back if we can but if not there are names out there look brandon sheriff has been a free agent since uh, uh one of a free agent options since nick cronk was uh playing at marist essentially um andrew norwell will hernandez connor williams there are a couple of options that we have at guard but we definitely cannot have uh greg van roten as our starting right guard going in to next year and then at center look connor mcgovern did a pretty decent job i'm okay with bringing mcgovern back but there are definitely some options there at center i think you brought up a really great option potentially uh from tampa bay didn't you yeah i mean ryan jensen's gonna be a free agent so now kind of what we're looking at here guys is last year's offensive line did finish 11th in the pff rankings which is kind of surprising i mcgovern are rated out as the highest offensive lineman we have so you kind of have a little flexibility with mcgovern because he played right guard a good portion of his career or should they play guard a good portion of his career so if the jets don't want to spend the money maybe on a big time guard and they can get a guy like jensen ryan jensen from tampa bay one of the better centers in the league i think he was 13th or 14th in pff last year say they sign him plop him at center you move mcgovern over to guard now you kind of have two spots where you have a solid situation and then as we know Makai Becton, that, that situation's kind of looming over the squad here. Before we get into Becton, I want to ask Wookie and I want to ask Sammy about him. I just want to throw something at you to give you some context for how good Font played. Because Mike, as the year went on, was filling the AEBG audience on. We was filling the AEBG audience in on the fact that Font was playing at an elite level. And I'm not sure if people know how well he played. His 18 pressures on 550 snaps last year was the fewest by a left tackle in the league. 
Let me repeat that for everybody. His 18 pressures on 550 snaps was the least in the league for any single left tackle. That's impressive, guys. His he was third in the NFL at his pressure rate, allowing pressure on the on the on the quarterback because he only played 15 games. He missed the only guys with a better pressure rate than him in left tackle guys are Tyron Smith and Whitworth from the Rams. But that we're talking all pro guys. So when Mike says he played well, that's not hyperbole. He played at an all pro level last year. Kind of under the radar to a degree. And that's why, leading into this with Makai Becton, guys, it's kind of a situation where Font played so well, and, you know, he's protecting the blind side for Zach Wilson there, where we we kind of intimated at it. You heard Coach Salah kind of suggest it. Becton's going to have to win his job back. I know he was a high pick. I know he has a big contract. But, Sammy, let, let me ask you. Do you think this is George Font's job at left tackle? And Makai Becton should be focusing on maybe right tackle? Or do you think they're going to go to camp, let him battle it out, and they'll be our left tackle and right tackle, and we just have to focus on maybe getting a guard in the draft or in free agency? Um, I think you don't even give him the opportunity to just move him to right tackle. Right? Like, especially with all the injuries, his weight, stuff like that, it's, a, it's less of a, like, impactful position for him where he's not going to be facing the best guy on the other side of the field every play. So physically it won't be as demanding on his body. And he's still just such a skilled guy, right? We know that we've seen it uh, when he's healthy, he's tremendous. So if you can put him at right tackle and then do something similar to what you said, because that right side of the line is probably what scares me the most. Uh, left side, really strong, right side, really weak. So that's a big recipe for disaster. So just put Becton over there. And then you've got one position to fill and you can do that for agency, draft, however you want. I like that too. And I mean, and you look at McGovern next year, he's going to be the fourth highest paid center in the NFL. I don't think he lines up as the fourth best center in the NFL. But interesting to see what they do there with that money, guys. We have uh, Alex Lewis, McDermott, Feeney, Morgan Moses, and Tardy for all free agents. I'm not sure of that group who they might bring back. Looking at it, if a team doesn't sign Moses as a starter, I could see that bring him bringing him back as a depth guy for a tackle. That, that could make sense to me, guys. I think Alex Lewis is history. I think McDermott's history. I know Mike is ready for Feeney to be history. He's not a fan of Feeney at all. He's ready to get him out the door, guys. But I do think there's a lot of options here at free agency. And then you have Becton. You have Becton flow now. That's the kind of the wild card with the offensive line. He was a 74 PFF in 2020 when he played a good chunk of the season going into next year. That's kind of a question mark here. Now, free agency, we do have Scherf, like Mike said out there. They have Jensen. Um, you have Tomlinson from San Francisco, a really good guard. Um, you have Kappa, like he said. So there's guards out there. Guards aren't as sexy. Their names aren't as well-known. But if you guys go do Google and you look at Pro Football Focus, there's about maybe two dozen of these guys out there that are capable. And there's maybe about six or seven that are in the top 60 in Pro Football Focus of the overall free agents that are out there. So a lot of talent out there when it comes to the offensive line. But let's get into a little bit more sexier positions now. We know at quarterback, we're not going to be looking for a starter, guys, right? We're just looking for someone to kind of hold – um, the fourth down, if anything does happen to Zach, like what happened last year. We had a very unique season last year. Um, Zach Wilson played 13 games. We know Flacco was able to get in there a little bit. Mike White was able to get in there a little bit. Josh Johnson was able to get in there a little bit. There's some interesting stats here from our quarterbacks. Now, Joe Flacco came in at the end of the year, provided a veteran presence. He didn't even play that bad. His quarterback rating actually was a 113 last year, surprising enough, guys. But we know the quarterback position kind of bounced around a little bit last year, and then we got back to Zach when he got healthy. Coming into this year, I mean, the free agents that are out there, because we basically have no one sign right now. Flacco's a free agent, guys. Mike White's a free agent. Josh Johnson's not on the Jets anymore. So you're looking at this QB list of free agents who we might have on the squad to, to back up Zach. And some of these guys, I think, still think they could start. Like, 
Teddy Bridgewater might think he could start still. Mariota, I think, heard he still wants to start. But they got to be real. Most of these guys are backups now. And if you look at the list, guys, Jameis Winston's out there. Uh, Trubisky's out there. Brissett's out there. But the name that I like the most, that I mentioned to Mike, that makes the most sense to me, is a guy who's basically tailor-made to slide in here and be the backup. That's if. Pittsburgh doesn't give him a contract to go there and hold the bag for one year. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys. Bring him on back as the backup. I said this to Mike. I know Fitzpatrick is a guy that might sign on somewhere this year with a good chance to start. That's what he does every year, right, guys? Every year, every other year, he's signing on somewhere where, yeah, he's the backup. Wink, wink, but he might start. You never know. Um, I think that's a really good guy to have as the backup. Think of all the experience he has. And what he can offer a guy like Zach Wilson, how smart he is, all the times he's bounced around the NFL, the teams he's been, the offenses he's seen. I don't like that he was at the Buffalo game last year. I get that. That bothers me. But he's a tremendous backup, I think. And then Andy Dalton's out there, too, as a backup. I know Andy Dalton's not a starter anymore. He's capable when he comes in. He played okay last year when he came in from the Bears. Um, there's a few other trade options. But, Mike, do you have anybody out there in the free agent pool, at least, you're targeting right now when it comes to a backup for our boy Zach Wilson? Well, the first thing I wanted them to do is capitalize on the value that they have in restricted free agency and that is mike white who currently is a restricted free agent and there is rumors out there that teams are willing to pay the jets a fifth round pick to go ahead and pick them pick him up and i am all about it please take him that one game we get a fifth round for that i'm all in and then you go ahead and sign your backup i like your idea about ryan fitzpatrick the all-time single season touchdown leader for the new york jets he would be a great option but if you gave me um it's probably not going to be the person that i want um i think it'll probably end up being again joe flacco and if not joe flacco i could definitely see somebody like colt mccoy or tyrod taylor or even um uh maybe jacoby Brissett potentially uh coming in there but the person that i would want is Mitchell Trubisky. And the reason why I would want Mitchell Trubisky is because I would want to hedge the quarterback position. I don't want to deal with having to draft another rookie in case Zach Wilson flames out. But I do think that Mitchell Trubisky has shown some ability to potentially maybe be a franchise quarterback. He's mobile. He's shown accuracy. He had issues over there in Chicago. I don't know if he got a really, you know, the best deal, if you will, as far as a coach from a coaching perspective. Um, but I do think that Mitchell in the right system could potentially be um, valuable. And so I would like him to be there to really push Zach Wilson. And if Wilson falls on his face, we can turn to one Mitchell Trubisky and see what he's got. Interesting. That's what I was going to throw at the Wook, actually. I wanted to ask you, do you think that it's in the Jets' best interest to just have a vet behind Zach, who's played, who has, maybe has a lot of miles on, on the engine there, but you know if anything falters, he can come in and play, and when he's not playing, can help Zach with some experience? Or, Wook, do you think you go the route Mike says, have someone that could maybe really challenge him as the starter and is still young well how about this you you had mentioned that as of right now the only quarterback that the jets have signed is zach wilson right yes okay so if it's not too crazy if the if the cost for these two players isn't too nuts what i would do is try to go out and get fitzpatrick and trubisky i would get fitzpatrick for the short haul he can still compete with wilson and get him you know uh, as far as uh, um being competitive and building that and also the young cat Trubisky also gets in Zach's head and says, okay, well, this cat is a couple years older than me. And if he plays better than me, 
he could I could be irrelevant here. So that's gonna you know if you can get both of them. Plus, I just think that you know Fitzpatrick wherever he seems to go, no matter what what happened, he's always a locker room guy. Like that that team just plays harder as, as hard as possible the entire year. So if the Jets, what if, all right, so what if the Jets are the um, uh, why can't the Bengals of this upcoming season? Okay, didn't do well this year. All of a sudden, find yourself in the Super Bowl next year. And the only thing that's really going to get them over the edge could be a, um, a ta- not a talent, but a personality like Fitzpatrick in that locker room. Even if he's not playing. I mean, those guys, that's a guy that anybody that comes across him seems like they'll go through a brick wall for the guy. Yeah. So that might and be, I mean. And it's also interesting because I think people would say to you, would you be able to do that contractually, which is the first thing you said. But you right. think, of, think about last year. The Bears drafted Justin Fields, signed Andy Dalton, and they had Nick Foles. So, I mean, there's, there's ways to do that, you know, if you could figure it out right. money-wise. Um, and they, they ended up using all three guys as the year yep. went on. Foles had to start at the end of the season. So, that's not a bad that's not a bad option either. When you look at what the Jets were able to do last year at the quarterback position, um, I know that Mike White came in and had a great game versus the Bengals. Had struggled besides that, though. You know, Josh Johnson had an okay game. Joe Flacco came in and had a decent game. When you go across the league, guys, only three teams got sacked more. We had 53 sacks last year, our QBs. Our quarterback's rating was a 76 overall together. So the 20 interceptions we tossed, guys, was only one team threw more interceptions. Thank you, Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. We appreciate you for existing. So that we're not 32nd in that category. So the stats for the quarterbacks, guys, not great. We did throw for over 4,000 yards combined. Only 12 teams last year actually threw for more than 4,000 yards. Very interesting stat. Um, we know Zach Wilson, end of the year, also offered us a little bit in the rushing game, which is good. But, man, it would be nice to have a solid backup. Either way, I think, works for me. I don't think, like, what, what, Mike, what Mike's alluding to is he wants someone there hedging your bets-wise. If Zach stinks again, do I need to see a whole nother second season of someone not playing great to know he's not good? We don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, because, look, Jeff fans, I don't mean to make you guys upset and i know everyone gets really really sensitive but the quarterback sucked last year i'm sorry to tell you he did he was bad in almost every single category period now he did he show signs yes he did and does he have a history of starting slow and getting better absolutely and i'm not throwing the book away on him but if we are going to come into this year blind like oh yeah we feel really good we cannot take a guy like zach wilson and compare him to joe burrow joe burrow's rookie season was far far better than zach all i'm looking to see from zach is that he looks like a competent quarterback next year i'm not even looking for him to be great because i don't know if he's going to ever be great i just want to see him be good okay and so let's just not kid ourselves so i'm the type of person like at this point i'm done with the rookie thing i'm done with it if if he fails just go get me a a damn quarterback and that's why i'm saying just go get mitchell now put him back there and let him sit because if if zach is not much better it's not even a little better it's not even i he needs to be much better than what he was, what we just saw, then, you know, there's another conversation coming. And I, and I think Mike's trying to give it context of all 13 games he started. Because the last, when we were finishing the season doing podcasts, Zach was playing better and he did improve and he didn't throw any interceptions and he looked better across the board. That was the last five games he started. His first eight games he started, he led the league in interceptions. He was dead last at quarterback rating. He had the least, some quarterbacks averaged less yards than him, but he was almost at the bottom of the league in yards per game. He was taking sacks. He was rushing his passes. So we know how those first eight games looked. 
They didn't look great. The last five games, he did look better, but it was in comparison to him playing as bad as you can possibly play. So when you put it in context, obviously everybody knows this year one to year two jump for quarterbacks is huge. But in the position Zach's in, we need a massive leap. And there's nothing wrong with protecting yourself against that if someone doesn't make that leap and forcing yourself to go into year three without a lot of options. That's what that's what my guess, that does. Can I take uh, one thing? Yeah, one thing so I think I'll, uh, just a little like opposite approach to Michael. Like I think this year is going to be really important. This year is the most important year for the next five years, right? What we do this offseason is going to set us up for the next five years. So with a guy like Zach, I think the one thing that he's missing the most is the cerebral part of football. And I think uh, having a guy like Fitzpatrick, who is, he scored the highest on the Wonderlake test, right? He's like the smartest, one of the smartest QBs. That's why he's 40 something still playing, right? Um, you put a guy like that with Zach and you help him teach the guy like how to understand, look at defenses, what he's seeing, why he's seeing these things, how they're gonna change throughout the game, be more fluid. I think you just set Zach up for more success going forward, having a guy instead of this round table of seven different quarterback coaches, you have one and Fitzpatrick who acts as like a second one. Team like that's kind of what Zach needs because last year we have a lot of voices in the room. We brought in his own personal quarterback coach. He comes out and says, yeah, I do seem a little over, I am a little overwhelmed sometime. I'm paraphrasing, but you guys know what I mean when he said that, which was like, dude, that's, you're in New York. Don't say that. Just lie, dude. Lie through your teeth. Don't you know what politicians do? Have a poker face, bro. But you know what? He's a Mormon. He's a good Mormon kid. So he just speaks the truth. Um, we're going to ride with him here. I do want to piggyback on one thing Sammy said that we're going to get to running backs here and talk about uh, last year's running backs. Maybe some guys we'll take a look at in free agency. This offseason, and Sammy's alluded to this, for Joe Douglas, this is what he's going to make or break his entire run on. You know, the whole Joe Douglas era here. I know it's based on Zach Wilson. Don't get me wrong. But last year, we drafted Zach Wilson. Had a bunch of uh, picks in the draft, got a bunch of guys in free agency, and people said, okay, this is the real kind of first year of the rebuild for Joe Douglas. So last year, I think we let him have that four-win year. We weren't looking for playoffs last year, most people at least, right, guys? This year, I think it's a little different. They come out this year, and they go 4-13, and 13, and they stink, and he doesn't hit on this draft, and he doesn't hit on free agency, and we don't improve and make a big leap this year. Coming off an offseason in 2021 with money and all the draft picks, I should say, coming into this year with all this money and all these draft picks, you off, you don't get those opportunities that often. So we have two offseasons here. We can really set our team up for the next decade. So we got to hit on these things, guys. And that's what Sammy's alluding to there. Let's get into this running back situation here. I think we know that we're going to be rolling with our boy Carter next year. He played well, Michael, as the year, when the year started. He wasn't really producing. As the year went on, I see he got into a groove. The Jets got into a groove. I want to throw an interesting stat at you guys. The New York Jets were 32nd in the league in rushing attempts last year. Last in the NFL in rushing attempts. They were 12th in the NFL in average rush per carry. Who would have thought the New York Jets last year were 12th in the NFL in yards per carry? Nobody but we never ran the ball. We were 32nd in rushing because we were always behind every single game. So there's some funky stats when it comes to the rushing attack because towards the end of the year, they did a little better, if you look, the, the rushing attack. And I do think Michael Carter's the guy, obviously he's going to be at least a 1A. I don't, I still don't think he's the guy that is going to be our bell cow. I don't think he's big enough. He got hurt last year and missed some games, guys, as we know. But 639 yards for him last year, 4.3 yards to carry. So very productive. We also had 325 yards receiving. After Carter... 
I mean, Tevin Coleman's a free agent here, guys. And then we still have Ty Johnson under contract. We still have Austin Waller under contract. We still have P. Ryan under contract. Mike, do you think out of that cast of characters I just mentioned, all of those guys are coming back next year? Are you envisioning kind of an overall here, an overhaul here of the running back position via free agency or the draft? I think we're going to see an overhaul free agency and there potentially could be a draft pick. There's a couple of guys there in the mid rounds that we may end up going after. But this is the position I'm really excited about because I feel like we can really add a ton of value here. And based on the type of offense that we run, there are a, a few free agents that I think would be just a tremendous fit in this system. Um, I think that Michael Carter, again, like to use what you said, uh, the 1-1-A one, one uh, running back next year, he did get hurt. Um, so we want to make sure that going forward, we can kind of spread the wealth around. And there are a few guys out there from a free agency perspective that I really, really, really like. Number one on the list, I love John, John Con or James Conner because of the touchdowns. I love his ability to just push it in there. You know, first and goal, he's the guy you want to have. I love having a guy like that who can compliment a guy like Michael Carter. Another guy I think that we should look at is Melvin Gordon. If he breaks free from the Denver Broncos, first thing I'm going to tell you right now, his teammate uh, um, is going to end up being one of the top 10 fantasy drafts. I can tell you that right now. The, the rookie running back uh, over there. What's his name? Javante. Javante Williams. Williams. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Javante with a J, I think. Javante. So... If Melvin Gordon ends up breaking free, Javante Williams is, I'm going to tell you guys right now, probably in redraft, he's going to be pushing top five. Even even in redraft, not even dynasty, but redraft, from what I've heard, you know, like how much hype he's going to have. So, but anyway, I think a Melvin Gordon would be a tremendous compliment. And then the last guy that really, 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 I think would be awesome to bring on is Roheem Mostert. Imagine having Michael Carter, Roheem Mostert, and then Telvin Coleman. I mean, that is the san francisco 49er running back team yeah, all true. over again you know what i'm saying i would definitely bring in a home run hitting running back like roheem moster you bring in one of those guys i just named connor moster or melvin gordon and combine it with uh carter and then you got Cole. that is a really really solid running attack so i'm excited about it yeah, there is actually a lot of free agent running backs out there. I mean, so the guys that are rated the highest by PFF. I mean, like, look, what do you think, for instance, PFF, the number one rated running back in free agency, Wookie, is Corderell Patterson. And it's just like, he's a Swiss Army Knife guy, but that's not, I mean, can you count on him? Not really. He's not someone you, where you're not going to get right. him 15 touches, right? So that's a weird, and Leonard Fournette's right after him. Leonard Fournette's productive, too, but he's another guy that I'm like, do you want to give big money to Leonard Fournette? Probably not. I don't know. Running backs don't really get big money anymore. Don't get me wrong. Most of them don't. I do like Connor a lot. Like Mike said, Connor has 44 touchdowns in 65 games in the NFL. What he does, he gets the ball in the end zone. Last year, he had 18 touchdowns. He was supposed to be a compliment to Chase Edmonds. He was a much better running back than Chase Edmonds. Hell um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really comparable. <laughs> Chase, Chase Edmonds is also a free agent. Another another good running back out there, guys. We can look at. I do like Gordon a lot. I mean, you also have Rashad Penny out there. You have Sony. He Michelle. played well so, towards the end of the season last year, did. too, Penny. He did. And um, a guy like Sony Michelle ended up not getting a lot of burn. I'm, I'm not saying as a starter or anything like that, guys. I think that's someone that could be. A, he's going to end up being a depth running back on somebody's team he might be someone if we do bring in say we don't go out and draft someone high 
or we don't go out and bring in, um, you know, maybe a Connor or a Gordon or someone with a name. Maybe they bring in a Michelle and another lower running back to go with Carter. You know, maybe, maybe that's what they do. Maybe that's the route they take and they go free agency. I know last year, when it comes to rankings in the league, we were 27th in total rushing yards. So not great there. Like I said, attempts we were last. 17th overall in rushing touchdowns. So we can definitely use some improvement. When it comes to traits... You've been hearing, not that, yeah. not that you've heard the Jets in the mix, guys. You heard Saquon Barkley's name floated out there. I know Mike wants nothing to do with Saquon Barkley. I don't even have to ask Mike. I already know that. But Alvin Kamara. Now, the Saints are in meltdown mode. The Saints are $75 million over the cap, guys. Do you understand me? So they have to get rid of contracts. Alvin Kamara is one of the biggest contracts they have. They have no quarterback right now. They're the, they're the highest contract. One of the highest contracts they have is Alvin Kamara's. I don't know if he's available or not. Um, I don't even know if that's a reality, but just someone to keep in the back of your minds, uh, Jets fans, for the Jets to maybe make a move, that would be tremendous. If they and did. another, and another guy is Ezekiel Elliott. He's oh, he's gonna guy. be he's he will he's either gonna get cut or traded, or if they keep him, then obviously Cowboys stay in their their issues. But he's another one to watch. Yeah, and you know what? And even Tevin Coleman, like Mike mentioned, his yards per carry was the same as Carter last year. Tevin Coleman is someone who does have a tendency to get banged up, but when he's on, he's one of those players. When he's on the field, always produces. And last year, he played pretty well. In the games, he had to spot start for Carter. I even had to start him in fantasy football one week for an emergency. He actually played pretty decent, Coleman. I think he still has a little bit of tread left on the tires. So, I mean, if they go out and draft a guy high second third round maybe i don't see them drafting him in the first round but or they go out and sign one of these these big time free agents tevin coleman only cost them a million dollars last year all these other guys they got under contract all are under a million dollars right now so i don't think tevin coleman will cost a lot for the production he gave you that was a bargain last year for tevin coleman he only cost a million him and carter basically didn't cost us anything guys so that he's a guy to keep an eye on but now let's get into the sexiest position that everybody's talking about where we're looking at all these frigid wide receivers guys People are salivating. I know last year we went out and grabbed Corey Davis. We've drafted Elijah Moore. We know those two guys are coming back. But separate from them, Crowder's a free agent. Berrios is a free agent. Keelan Cole's a free agent. Jeff Smith's a free agent. So even the depth guys we had last year are free agents. Now, when we get into the guys that were already on the squad, let me ask you, Sammy, Crowder, Berrios, Keelan Cole, of those three guys, which one of those dudes are you the most interested in bringing back? Uh, I think you got to bring back Berrios. I think he just adds value beyond that position. So you always look for what else can guys do. You know, I didn't really see. Yeah, Keelan Cole had a couple like highlight catches that were like, holy crap, last year, you know. But I think in terms of consistency, his relationship with Zach Wilson, right, That that's already quickly established. I think it's really important to keep somebody like that. Um, you don't need... You know, if you have him, you don't need Jameson Crowder and Eli Moore and Keelan Cole. Like, you don't need those guys. So you go out and keep Berrios, keep the other two, and then, dude, take all of your money. I know he's going to go where probably wherever Rodgers goes, but you take every dollar you have and you go, please, Devontae Adams, come play <laughs> up for dude. my football team. I will give you $60 million. Like, I so guys, agree ask, with if you, somebody's, dude. Is somebody's wife listening to Sarah McLaughlin right now or a or girl in their house? I hear that shit in the background. And that makes me think of sad commercials with dogs in cages. And I don't want that on during my podcast. Do you understand? Uh, Allison was listening to us. Uh, she's watching Dawson's <laughs> Creek. It's the thing. Oh, song. that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> no, but Keith, no, did I, did I not? I just, I, Sammy, I just talked to Keith about this. I just spoke to him. I said, you know, he's going to want $30 million. And that's a lot of money. That, that, look, look, that's a lot of money. I get it. I, I get it. 
But you want to know something? Hopkins is being paying is uh, earning twenty seven million as we speak, and look at what he has done for Kyler Murray. Okay, and I don't give a shit. Excuse my language. Uh, if we have to overpay this man, he's the best receiver in the NFL. You bring this man on to look, and it's not even just about the Jets going to a Super Bowl or anything. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Zach Wilson. Give him the best toy out there. Give him the best. So there is no excuses. So there's no zero reason why he d- isn't successful. Put him, right, with uh, uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios and whatever we do at tight end. Man, Devontae Adams, I will pay that man $30 million a year just to make sure that our offense is going in the right direction. I, I could not agree more. I, in the beginning, I was kind of like, yo, that's a lot. But then I looked, and I'm like, you know what? Hopkins is making that much, and you, sometimes you just get throw the bag at him. Bring him on. Yeah, and that's the number Walk one. It out on the table. Yeah, the number one free agent in all of the NFL this offseason is Devontae Adams. Any position. Name any position. Even PFF has him ranked number one of any free agent. So, I mean, you guys are not wrong when it comes to the value he's going to provide to a team. We don't have to go into how good Devontae Adams is, guys. When we get to some of these other free agents that are out there, I mean, there's a long list this year of wide receivers that at least have been productive in the past or could help the squad in comparison to what we had last year. Now, I think there's a bunch of guys here that if Corey Davis was in this list, there's a guy, there's a lot of guys I'd have ahead of Corey Davis signing as a free agent, guys. Smith-Schuster, I'm not saying, is above Corey Davis. They're comparable to one another. Michael Gallup, we know Odell Beckham's probably going back to the Rams. Uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers, I know, can be had. He wants a big contract out there. Can, other guys can I ask good. you about him? Can I ask you about him? I want to stop here because he, he is probably going to break free, Keith. And he's going to he's going to demand top dollar. He already said it. If we get him, we're going to have to pay him 25, something like that. Okay. Um, is he really a number one though? No, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't, right? he's not 25, like that type of money. Mm-hmm. And I understand how these negotiations work. You're projecting yourself to be as good as these guys that make that money, et cetera. But he had like 1100 yards last year. He had a decent season, but you know, the year before that, he had like 800 yards. He's only Besides that, he's barely had a 1,000-yard season. Right. Not someone that's been consistently. He reminds me of the situation when we signed Corey Davis last year, where we're signing someone who just had their best year, so good for them coming into free agency, but does not have a history of being super productive at wide receiver, at least to a number one level. Exactly. So Mike Williams is not a number one to me. Uh, I know Devontae Adams out there. Chris Godwin's out there coming off an injury. Guy that's kind of lost in the mix was a player who got franchise tagged last year who everybody was hoping was going to maybe be a free agent we'd have a chance at Allen Robinson guys yeah. he had 1250 yards six TDs back in 2020 with Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball all over the place Allen Robinson in so far as routes hands speed size he's one of the best receivers in the NFL he just gets lost in the mix he's in Chicago last year and I'm not hating on Justin Fields he might be good he couldn't throw a football though to anybody last year receivers numbers it's like the receivers the first couple years with lamar jackson you just your numbers were non-existent that happened to the players in the bears there's no way around it moon daryl darnell mooney was their best receiver last year in the Bears. stop it alan robinson's all pro level receiver who i don't know i think he's gonna be hitting the free agent wire another guy to keep an eye at when we look at the squad last year our leading receiver even though he only played 11 games michael 
Elijah Moore. 538 yards for him. A lot of damage in his last five games. The first two or three games, he was basically non-existent. Five touchdowns for him. We know Corey Davis produced. Besides that, Keelan Cole, Crowder, Berrios, all similar numbers. I'd love to bring back Berrios. I know this has been bandied about and talked about with Jet fans a lot. We know he's a free agent. What's the number you feel comfortable bringing him back? If they sign him to the same contract that, say, Crowder was signed to last year, I'm fine with that. Eight or nine million or something like that. But it can't be too much money guaranteed. And then if also if they do sign into a contract of eight or nine million, that's the amount of money you pay a receiver that's part of the offense. Not just a guy who's going to return kicks and get two or three looks a game. You give someone eight or nine million dollars, that's someone who's going to get those four or five targets a game and give you that additional value when it comes to kickoff returns and punt returns and stuff. You have Christian Kirk from the, the Cardinals. Not a bad receiver, guys. You have Will Fuller. Always injured. You have Emmanuel Sanders still out there playing somehow, still doing it. When it comes to the squad, I know we could use an overall, uh, you know, after the first and second guys, we need some depth at wide receiver because we saw last year, we thought Keelan Cole would be helpful. He really wasn't as the year went on. Zach didn't seem to have that many targets to throw the ball to once more went down, once Davis went down. In trades, you've heard Michael Thomas's name, another Saint with the salary cap situation mentioned. You heard Calvin Ridley mentioned. And Mike, I know there's a kind of a dark horse guy You've heard mentioned, not a lot of people are talking about, though, from Minnesota you want to keep an eye on. And he's a guy that could be super valuable and reliable for our boy Zach Wilson, especially in the red zone. Yeah, um, Adam Thielen. So Minnesota obviously is in some cap hell. Um, we'll talk defense next week, uh, but their, their defensive end, Hunter, uh, may end up getting let go or traded. Um, so we'll be talking about that from an edge perspective. But uh, wide receiver, obviously, they've got the best young wide receiver, or maybe second, if you will, if you're calling Chase the number one. Yeah, number Chase, they're the one. But uh, both of those, Justin Jefferson and Chase, are the two best young receivers in the NFL today. Thielen was their best receiver before Jefferson Jefferson got there, and uh, you know he could be had. So um, I wouldn't mind bringing somebody like that in. In my in my preferable world, I would bring in a number one wide receiver and not draft a rookie wide receiver at this point because we need to get Zach the best help. Ridley is definitely extremely exciting to think about in bringing in as the number one receiver, but I'm a little bit worried about New York City and his mental health because New York City will annihilate you if you're not ready. Okay, look, I'm just sorry to say if you can't handle it in Atlanta, you know, what do you think? What what, what you think you're going to handle it in New York when you have a bad game? Um, so I, I look at all these guys, man. And to me, I think the best option out there for us, Keith and Sammy and Wookie, is for them to go get Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. I, I do think he's going to end up getting let go. And just given his talent, um, he has been a number one receiver in the past for the Raiders and then for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that given his money, his uh, he, I think he could fit right in to the system and add and be that number one receiver for the New York Jets. Do you have any concerns with Cooper when it comes to the injuries and stuff like that, Mike? Because it does seem like when he's in there, he's productive. But he does tend to get banged up a little bit. Um, I know, what is his contract looking like for Cooper next year? Is he somebody like I know Dallas? They need ways to free up space to pay guys. 
And they have Ezekiel Elliott, they have Prescott now, Cooper has this big contract, they have a tight end they might lose, we're gonna get into a moment with these tight end situations. That's a guy to keep in mind. Um, I was gonna ask the Wook, when it comes to Chris Godwin, I know he was banged up last year, a guy that's always been super productive, he's one of the highest ranked free agents too here. The number two receiver on everybody's list after Devontae Adams is Chris Godwin. Wook, do you see him as a guy that is a legit number one receiver, or more of a guy that's super productive and plays great, but kind of needs an, a 1A, like a, like a Mike Evans there, to be effective? Well, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were asking the question, Keith, because you, we've never really had a chance to see him be anything besides what he's been, which yeah. is a great 1A or 1B, however you want to put it. Um, I mean, besides a couple of times here and there, maybe where he's, you know, Evans has been injured for a game or so, and he had to be the number one, and he's been productive. The kid's, the kid's a good wide receiver. Question is, I'm looking at all the receivers, and I'm going, okay, who makes sense? to Who's going to be the best wide receiver out of this bunch that's going to be number one wide receiver over what you know the Jets already have? And there's, I mean, that narrows the list down considerably, but I think Godwin's on that list. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you have Elijah Moore and you have Corey Davis. I think Moore has the highest ceiling. Corey Davis has been productive in his career. We know he's a legit NFL receiver. Neither of those guys at this point can we say is a legit number one home run receiver that we know right. of. Devontae Adams is that, like Mike said. Chris Godwin has been tremendous in the NFL. We know that. Maybe there's some guys they could draft. But whatever they got to do just to give the kids some weapons. I mean, when the, we were going through the playoff run, and you saw what Chase is able to do for Burrow. Burrow's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He puts the ball where it needs to be nine times out of ten. But also, if things break down, he can just throw the ball out to Chase. The guy's going to make a play. And we saw Corey Davis do that in the Tennessee Titan game. One play for Zach. Um, but you saw what Zach can do when it comes to the gunslinger mode. We need dudes that can go out there and make those plays for him when he's in gunslinger mode. Because it seems like almost like that's what he's the best at. And one spot last year, we did not have a lot of production. And I don't know... When the last time you can say we really had a lot of production from this position is the tight end position. Now, I know last year Croft didn't play that bad. He only played nine games. He got hurt. Ryan Griffin played most of the season. Ryan Griffin, guys, was our leading tight end last year. He had 260 yards. So it's obviously not a position that we put a lot of focus on. Very end of the year, the last game of the year, basically. We, uh, well, the Tampa Bay game, I should say. Uh, Kenny Yaboa had a couple catches there for Zach. Not a position we have a lot of focus on. Not a position we have a lot of talent at. Kenny Yaboa is signed for next year. Ryan Griffin is still signed for next year. He could definitely be get cut. Tyler Cross, a free agent. We have Wesco coming back, more of a blocking guy. Mike, this has been a black hole for the squad for a long time. And you see with these teams in the playoffs, the better teams... None of them just ignore the tight end position. I mean, all these teams have a competent tight end at least, right? Or someone at least they could target in the red zone where it seems like the Jets have just put that by the wayside for such a long time. Do you think when it comes to the draft or free agency, Mike, it's going to be a spot we target this year? Or do you think it's going to be same old, same old next year? They're going to just gonna run it back with just like kind of a run-of-the-mill cast of characters here at tight end. This is a sensitive topic for me because, you know, I'm 41 years old and in my whole lifetime, the Jets have had, to me, one tight end that of note, and that's Dustin Keller in my lifetime, just being completely honest. We've had others, Beck, a bunch of other guys, but nobody that I thought was really consistent weapon out there. And I can tell you that um, if you gave me the choice of any free agent in coming up in 2022, my number one free agent in 2022 would be Schultz. And Schultz, who is the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And I say that not just because of 
it's because of how versatile he is. He's very good in blocking. He can play the short game, the long game. He has some speed and size. He has really great hands. I think he would be perfect in this situation and would be an amazing weapon for Zach Wilson. And what's exciting about Dalton Schultz is that the Dallas Cowboys cannot franchise tag him right now. They can't. They don't have the room. So unless they cut one of these other people that we just talked about, Amari Cooper, um, Ezekiel Elliott, do something to free up the amount of money they're going to need to franchise tag him, Schultz is going to end up breaking loose. And if I'm Joe Douglas, I throw the bag at him. I throw the whole bag at him because this is all about Zach Wilson. It is all about him. Okay. Like that's why I said my second one would be Devontae Adams. I would pay him a fortune. Okay. I want, we need pass catchers, reliable pass catchers that could be weapons. And that guy, there are other tight ends in this free agent class, but that would absolutely 1000% be my pick. Yeah, I mean, Schultz, 6'5", 260, great hand, 800 yards last year or something like that. So he's one of the best tight ends, I think, in the league that is maybe slightly under the radar for most people, unless you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. I know Dallas is a national team. Um, I want to just give a quick shout out to Mickey Schuler when I was six years old, seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. Mike, that's the, probably the best tight end the Jets have ever had. He's all pro twice when we were younger. You forgot, you forgot that era. That's the 80s. Sammy, you weren't even alive, so I'm going to give you a pass on that. You shouldn't know who Mickey Schuler is. Um, when it comes to the Jets tight end history, though, it's, it's not great. I mean, Kyle Brady had a few good years. <laughs> Remember, we drafted him from Penn State. Like, <laughs> Kyle like Brady, Mike yes, said, like, yes, yes. Dustin Keller, man, in the, in, the, in the most recent past 20 years, that's it, dude. I mean... That's the only real tight end that's been very productive for us is Dustin Keller um, on a consistent basis. He had three or four years there. He was great. Um, I do like Gasicki from the Dolphins, Mike. 780 yards for him last year. If you look, 700 yards the past two years. He's not going to give you a lot in the way of a blocking tight end, but that's not what we're looking for here with Zach. We're looking for a weapon for him at tight end. I do think Gasicki can provide him that. He, he first two years were a little with Gase. Not the best. Their first year with Gase, second year without Gase there, but um, weren't the greatest. But the last year, as he showed you, he can be a weapon. Another guy that if he was on a big-time offense, I think would have some big-time stats is Kasicki. And also, there's a few other guys. Zach Ertz is out there, a veteran. He's lost a step. Don't get me wrong, but I mean that would be a big-time upgrade for us at tight end. And Joku's out there from the Browns, somebody that when they targeted always you know, had some problems with drops, don't get me wrong. Also made some great plays for them. And when you read the Cleveland vlogs, they think he's great one week. They think he's a bum the next week. So when Joku's a guy to keep your eye on. And Evan Ingram, don't throw this at the look. Your boy Evan Ingram. Now, the Giants haven't had the chance to bring him back. But Evan Ingram's a guy that, I mean, when he came in the league, look, in my mind, he's like the next Jeremy Shockey for you guys, as good as he was with the hands. Then he went on to have some very high-profile drops and just bad plays, which will bring anybody down. Last year, he wasn't too much of a factor. Uh, Wookie, do you think he still has something left in the tank here, or do you think Evan Ingram is just what he is, is just an average tight end, and maybe he was overhyped when he came into the league? I think he's got I think he's got stuff left in the tank. I think he's, you know, drops. He's been injured, unfortunately, more often than not. Um, but he's flash talent, so I don't think it would be a horrible... Uh, free agent signing for uh, for you guys to get Evan Ingram, but you'd have to, I mean, you'd have to buy or beware. You know what I mean? You'd have to know that this is probably what he's going to be. Maybe he can achieve, uh, on average, a little bit better play uh, for a few more years if he stays healthier. Um, but, I mean, he's talented. It's just, it's, it's not come together for him in totality yet. Yeah, I think that... Um... Daniel Jones doesn't help him either. I'm not trying to pile. No, not at all. Because his first year he had Eli Manning there still, 
and he had 115 targets. He almost had 800 yards. I mean, he yeah. was... Uh, it looked like this kid's the next tight end in the NFL. And then Daniel Jones came into his life. And, I mean, last year he had four... He played almost the whole season. He had 400 yards last year. And this kid's a yeah. stud. So, I, and the, actually, the Giants' offense as a whole last year confused the whole planet. Because on yeah. paper, before the year started, you guys had all these receivers. You have a tight end. You have Saquon. I mean, in my head, you guys are scoring 30 points a game. Um, so, I'm, I don't know who to put that on. But, Mike, go ahead. What do you, you got to Keith, say? the name I just remembered... Who can? Who's who? I just heard about it. Okay, and I I, wa I, I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on this, um, and I thought about it with Ninjoku because Ninjoku could end up being a potential also value add. But what do you think about Jarvis Landry as the number one receiver? Because I just heard he flipped out on Twitter, and he's gone essentially from uh, the Cleveland Browns. Is that? A potential number one receiver also i don't yeah i don't see landry as a number one receiver he's a possession receiver so we already have those guys i think elijah moore can do everything that landry could do but better at this point and he's younger he's less injury prone um corey davis different type of receiver i know he's a name i know he's consistent i know he's a good he the thing is if, if you're gonna bring in jarvis landry just sign crowder back there's no reason to bring Jarvis Landry into, to my eyes. Jar, uh, Jamison Crowder and him do the same thing. There's been no point in his career when Jarvis Landry's been some elite receiver. Uh, so at least at least as far as I'm concerned, he's someone to keep an eye on. And we don't have depth at wide receivers, so he would be a good add to the squad. But do I see him as a number one receiver? No, I don't. Tight ends. I, I would like to see them maybe sign multiple. Like, I would be okay with them signing Schultz and Ertz. I mean, we talked about the importance of the veteran presence with someone like Fitzpatrick. I think you get Ertz, who's a sure-handed guy. He's been around for a long time, played for a bunch of different quarterbacks. I think he could be another guy who's a valuable asset, especially around that red zone, because he just always finds a way to get open. He's done it forever. You, know? you, need, to, you need to have more than one tight end in the squad. Like Going into next year with Ryan Griffin and Yaboa and Wesco as our tight ends is not going to make anyone excited. or not going to scare any defensive coordinators. It's not stressing anybody out. So I just love to have anybody at the position that was a threat that the other team when they play the jets has to go oh they have you know evan ingram even if i'm just throwing a name out there somebody the other team's like i have to at least cover this guy i know griffin is was okay in the red zone the first year we got no one's worried about ryan griffin and west goes a blocking tight end and yaboa had a couple good catches the tampa bay game but he basically didn't play all year you know he's basically was just a bench player so i do think it's a spot that's been overlooked for a while i'd love for us to invest in this could be in the draft could be in free agency guys but it's somewhere we do need to improve to help zach out and like you guys have been saying this entire episode so far just give the kid as many weapons as possible hopefully we gave you guys a good primer for free agency we're going to do defense next week go through all our defensive positional groups go through all the defensive free agents guys that'll be a lot of fun mike if anybody does want to get at us, support us, or be involved in the AABG world in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube, so please like, subscribe, give us a listen. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagares, and the big singing Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, and the number one high school football coach of the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name is Keith Farrell. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.